0: Welcome along. It's episode 33 of a Thai football podcast with me, Dale Farrington. And me, Rob Bernard. Hello, Rob. How's
1: things? Yeah, it's tremendous, mate. It's good when the biggest issue is trying to decide what for food to have before you go to football tomorrow.
0: Have you, have you made a decision yet? I'm not sure,
1: no. No. There's an extensive menu where I go.
0: You'll have to let me know what you have in the end. I'll be on yeah. hooks now. <laughs> right, we've got a packed programme this week Lots to cover So we'll get straight into it We're going to start with Jan Who's been providing us with updates from the AFC Asian Cup And I caught up with him for a long chat About his thoughts of the tournament overall Once Thailand were eliminated How he thought they'd performed And where we go from here So this is me and Jan Talking about all things Thailand national team A Thai football, Thai football podcast you Welcome back, Gian. It's nice to have you back on a Thai football podcast. Yeah, thanks. I've been on here a lot recently. It's quite fun. Thank you. And as you probably gathered, I am suffering a little bit. I'm full of cold. I've got an absolutely rotten sore throat. So I apologise in advance.
2: Don't worry, dude, I'll pick up the slack and I'll, I'll, I'll do the talking. Don't worry. Thank
0: you. <laughs> so you've come on today again, just to do a quick Summary of the AFC Asian Cup, which finished for Thailand on Tuesday, sadly. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. the tournament's still going on, but we're out of it. And it, it always seems a bit difficult to feel motivated to watch something when your team's been knocked out, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. It's a real shame because it seems like the attention is picking up even more now. Such good games this weekend from a neutral perspective. And if Thailand had been in that in that discussion playing against the host Qatar, I think it would have been great exposure for us, our national team. So it's a real shame. I was more optimistic pre-tournament than pretty much anyone I'd spoken to. A lot of people that I spoke to thought we were going to go home in the group stage, and I I was convinced we'd make the last 16. I didn't expect us to go any further than that, but there's still a big feeling of disappointment because of the optimism that that tournament generated. And it's a very strange feeling. And I'm, I'm glad I've had a couple of days to sort of sort through everything and, and, and gather all these feelings. And um, while I was doing that, I promoted an article that my friend Ob wrote exactly four years ago when you were knocked out of the AFC Asian Cup in 2019. And he talked about how much Thailand as a a society loves its tragic heroes. By that, he means people who try, do their best, and then fail in an honorable way that gives them almost more glory than had they had succeeded. And a lot of Thai dramas are built on these kind of characters. A lot of the famous Thai fables and current Thai dramas and are, are built on this character archetype. And we we seem to love Billing's archetype, is the point that he made. And the, he compared it to last last time, what he said was, okay, we came in with the manager, Milovan Ryabach. He got sacked after one game we hired a truck driver that's not an exaggeration to be our head coach for the remaining games and he got us to the round of 16 against all odds fighting valiantly and then losing and that gave us a lot of satisfaction as a country. And now again, I feel like we're guilty of the same thing, where we sabotage the preparations for this tournament. We give Ishii a week. So we have this sense that it's going to go wrong. And then when we do okay, there's suddenly this sense of we've done fantastically, we've achieved a lot, and then we fall valiantly and the type public is satisfied. And that's a bit sad, you know. And it's exactly what happened four years ago. It's a little bit sad. There's no introspection because we lower our own expectations to our own folly. Okay. And then when we succeed our low expectations, we pass our low expectations, then we think we've succeeded when we haven't. I think objectively, this is the most average Thailand tournament. It's the most seven out of 10 standard Thailand performance. We are good enough to get out of the group stage. We deserved it and we did it. And then we lose at the, the first knockout round. And the only thing that makes this one different is that we didn't concede through an entire group stage. Well, I will give them credit for that. That is a genuinely remarkable thing. But it's not something that's worthy of celebration. Yeah. Had we made the quarterfinals, I think then we would be worthy of celebration. Had we made the semifinals, I would organize an open-top bus tour through Bangkok, frankly. But at this stage, to achieve what we did last time, it's nothing to, to celebrate. And that's sad because that feeling of celebration was growing since the first game. So whether this was in person in Qatar when I was there, whether it was friends I was speaking to, whether it was on Twitter, there was this sense of hype and anticipation building in this team was something something exceptional. Or something special and then the the uzbekistan defeat kind of pulled the curtain back and showed actually what you've been seeing is just standard thailand and that's an oddly deflating feeling it's almost like everything that came before was a mirage
0: it's interesting what you say about the the tragic hero failing at the final hurdle being english i can identify with that there's nothing we like better than going out to germany on penalties in a semi-final failing heroically that seems to be something we have in common but with with thailand throughout the group stages, they did get that momentum, and hopes were definitely rising, weren't they? And as you have just said, I think they do deserve a lot of credit for getting out of that group, not conceding, not losing, and mm. many people were blaming the tactics for the defeat. Do you think that's where we went wrong? Do you think if he'd have adopted different tactics, been a bit more positive from the start in that game, we could now be talking about Thailand's participation in the, the last eight?
2: Well, see, this is the thing, and this is where I get, I, I get a bit too abstract in my in my commentary on football but in real life right you take actions that are good and bad of their own merit right like if you do something bad it's bad like there's an objective merit to things you do in real life but in football there's no such thing you know it's only a good thing if it gets the result you want and it's a bad thing if it doesn't get the result you want there is no other metric to judge decisions in football other than results had she got the win we know for a fact that everybody would say, This guy's an absolute genius. He rested Super Choke and Super nut. He waited till they were fresh and then they they made the impact they did because they were fresh. And that's why we won the game. That's how that commentary would be. Personally, I would have liked to start at least one of them in place of Patompon because Patompon was dreadful. But we only know that in hindsight. You know, we wouldn't have known that a player like Patompon, who is known in the Thai League for his dribbling and his ability to hold onto the ball and get out of pressure, that he would just choke at this. Stage that the, the Potempan's problem in that game wasn't that he was out of his depth technically. It was that he clearly was nervous and he'd never played in a stage like that before, and he just collapsed mentally. And Ishii has no way of knowing that's going to happen. He took a calculated risk, and the calculated risk failed. I I don't think that's bad per se. It's regrettable. But I don't think it's bad per se, because if we got the result, it wouldn't be bad. And the second point is that people have used this decision of Ishii's in support of the argument that Ishii is a defensive coach. I don't think there is any evidence of that. If you look at the long run of his career in Thailand, he has endeavored to play attacking football at every opportunity, even with Samut Prakan City. He came with Samut Prakan to Boong Tong and attacked for pretty much most of the game. He was in, you know, he went to some difficult grounds like Buriram and tried to play football. He always endeavored to be a proactive team when that was the incentives that he had but with thailand ever since the second half of the kyrgyzstan game our incentive has been to protect what we have in the first half of the kyrgyzstan game you watch that first half we were excellent we were all over kyrgyzstan we were pushing them back we created we could have scored four goals in that first half alone against kyrgyzstan That's brilliant. Then we're already a goal up and then we score a second almost immediately after the halftime break because we come out so strong, so attacking and we score. Now we're two goals up. We're two goals up and, and we have a long tournament ahead. Why would you risk pushing and attacking and then conceding a goal, right? Of course you'd hold what you have. So we did. Then the Oman game, same incentive, hold on to what you have because all you need is four points. And if you open up, Oman want you to do that because Oman are a counter-attacking team. So your incentive is to hold back and defend. Then Saudi Arabia, again, we have no reason to win. And actually, if we win, we play Korea. So it's actually better to lose or better to get a draw in that case. If you're looking at it from a purely pragmatic standpoint that Uzbekistan is an easier opponent than South Korea, even though Uzbekistan are excellent, I should add, they are excellent. I think they'll make the next World Cup, frankly. But they're an easier opponent than Korea. So at every point, If she's just responded to the incentives in front of him, I don't think that means he's a defensive coach, that we don't have enough sample size to say that.
0: I think you are dealing in two separate entities here, though, aren't you? The group is a a league, effectively, so you're you're playing a different kind of football. Your whole aim and group football is to qualify. The Mm -hmm. game against Uzbekistan was a knockout game. There had to be a winner. The tactics he he chose in the group stages worked for the very reasons that you've just explained. That was what we had to do to get out of the group. And we won't get into the argument of losing games in order to avoid certain teams, because that brings up some very bad memories for me about the Thailand national team, as I'm sure it does for many others. (laughs) but when you're in a knockout game and you just said he's an attacking manager that's when you play to your strengths and i just right, think right. if he'd have been a little bit bolder that we could we could have been talking about a different outcome now and it's it, it could be a generational thing Jan, i don't know but i i was kind of raised on teams would always play their strongest 11 they always yes, would whether ever, it was the great yeah. liverpool side of the 70s and 80s whether it was the great leeds side of the 1970s you know, the Man United side of the 90s, they'd always play their strongest 11 in every single game and go out and try and win it. To me, that seems what we should have done on Tuesday.
2: I agree with that. Look, I, I do think Ishii got it wrong. But I'll, what I'm saying is he got it wrong because he didn't get the result. I think he should have started Super Choke. I can understand leaving Super Nut out because Super Nut's not match fit. But having already rotated the whole team against Saudi Arabia, you would think Super Choke is fit enough for 90 minutes of high-level play. So yeah, this starting for Tompon was obviously a mistake. And I, I woke up for the game in the morning, saw the light up. I was like, oh God, we're in for something here. I don't know what he's done. That was my first reaction. But we can see the game plan we can appreciate what the game plan would have been while admitting that he was wrong so i think we i think we agree i think we we both admit he did the wrong thing but we see the game plan and we're like yeah if it had worked it would have worked but it didn't
0: are these the kind of games you gamble in? Don't you just yeah. go out there and and play to your strengths?
2: I hope you would have learned from that. In reality, if I had to really say it, I I think we lose anyways. Whether we play our best team, we or we make a gamble or we do whatever, I think we lose. I think that team is very strong. But had she made a different decision, I think we we would be talking about a higher chance of us getting through.
0: you rated the overall tournament performance seven out of ten. Yes. Is is that in line with what the rest of the country's thinking? I mean, are people happy? are they satisfied or do they feel dis- I mean I still feel disappointed three four days later you know I, I do feel deflated in fact I'm blaming it for my current illness I was <laughs> absolutely fine till I found out the score so yeah he's got a lot to answer for there but is, is that in in tune with the rest of the country
2: I think everyone's a bit happier I think most people would say it's an eight out of ten because of what happened before you know because the coach had barely any time to prepare because they're ready scapegoats I think people are genuinely a bit happier than than we are from what I've seen on social media and from the various Facebook posts from the clubs talking about their players who went to play. They seem to be satisfied, not happy, but satisfied. And that's a little bit annoying because we shouldn't be satisfied. Look, in reality, we're not the best eight teams in Asia but if Tajikistan can pull off something like that player for player we are better than Tajikistan we should be able to pull off an upset like that but it didn't happen half of that is our own doing and half is is just the bad luck that Uzbekistan is just very very good I mean they're a very strong team and frankly I will feel a lot better if Uzbekistan go all the way and win the whole thing because then we're like well what could we have done you know it, it, it adds more to our tragic hero narrative if Uzbekistan goes and wins the whole thing I don't want to be a killjoy here and be like, oh, you can't celebrate. Because ultimately, for so many national teams, they don't even get the chance to see their team at this tournament. And so many went home at the first hurdle and didn't even look at India fans, couldn't even celebrate a single goal. So I don't want to tell anyone they can't celebrate. Of course, you should celebrate as much as you want. It's, It's your life football's about passion and it's good to celebrate. I think the players should stop and reflect. Actually, we can do better than that. We should be targeting higher than that. We should see this as creating a desire, like a fire beneath us to go and train harder work harder and come back stronger and I don't think that's going to happen I think this is going to breed a bit of complacency unfortunately
0: but Rob made the point on last week's podcast that it wasn't a footballing issue you know he said technically and and we we all know this that the Thai players are very good it's just they like that bit of strength physical and mental I think and this was very evident in the game against Uzbekistan, you know, you've just said they were a lot fitter, a lot stronger. How do you think we address that? How how can we make that better?
2: I think if you look at the guys who stepped up for Thailand and made themselves seen, Superchok absolutely was like, came on with a mission to do something about this game. I think Tiraton, after making the error that led to the goal, he picked himself up and was involved in every play. He was demanding the ball, getting into spaces, helping to progress the game. I think you, think you see in common is that these guys have played abroad and they've played at a higher level and they've pushed themselves before. You know, the experience of moving abroad and then having to fight for your place is very difficult. You know, Super Choke I went for a couple months without playing for Considore Sapporo and he must have gone through a lot. He must have been really stressed out. He must have sat there freezing in Hokkaido thinking, what am I doing here? I want to go home and be warm. But he's pushed through it. The outcome is he's a key player for his club and he scored a wonderful goal for his country that the whole country is going to watch that goal and say wow what a goal that is and they're going to remember super Choke. and that's because they have the desire to push themselves now if you will indulge me for a minute i i'm very angry at we are for betraying me tong right now Wira is is a fantastic player, and he's very, very good at being on the ball, breaking through a press, playing the right pass. He's fantastic. He's a great player, but he could be an exceptional player if he pushed himself and moved abroad. And Mung Tong is the one club, more than any other Thai team, that provides a platform for players to move abroad. We let Ekinit go. You know, we let Tiraton, Tirisin, Chanatip go. And we the door would have been opened if we had t- said, Hey, I really want to find a Japanese club, we would have made it happen. We'd have let him go whenever he asked for it. But he's chosen to stay in Thailand. I mean, sure, he gets to play Champions League football. He gets to hopefully win a Thai league for his sake. But he didn't push himself to go abroad. And we know in Thai football, the younger players, they they take the impression of the senior players. They do what senior players, you know, they emulate them quite a lot. They respect their 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 Lun Pi quite a lot in Thailand. So it's it's important that these guys show and push themselves. I think Chana Tit made a huge impact. On the young generation by doing that, going abroad and pushing himself. And that's the difference. The ones who stepped up mentally are the ones who have been through mental hardship. And the ones who couldn't step up mentally are the ones who've just played Thai League and relaxed.
0: It is encouraging to see players wanting to do that now, isn't it? And as you say, you know, certain clubs backing them in order to help them do it. And these partnerships that seem to be springing up all over the place now with Japanese clubs and Korean clubs that that could be the way forward couldn't it and that will benefit the national team in the long run
2: yeah absolutely you know I think Superchok he, he was a bit criticised after the first game against Kyrgyzstan unfairly I thought I thought he did a great game and then he stepped up The defining moment of the tournament, I think the most memorable moment was his goal because it was a fantastic goal. And that's a result of him pushing through adversity, looking at his teammates around him and looking at them being a bit afraid and deflated and saying, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the one to take control of the situation. And that's such an admirable thing. And I think it's fantastic. So I'm really happy with Super Choke. And I think that moment, that goal will do a lot for people watching at home. I think that goal will will inspire people. I hope it will. I hope it'll inspire the guys coming through right now, the young players, 17, 18-year-olds, to, to think that, okay, if I want to be that kind of player and make a difference for my country, I have to go abroad and play in a better league to reach that level.
0: Where do we go from here? The Thailand national team. I mean, we've got the World Cup qualifiers mm. to play out. I think they're March and June, aren't they? The, the next two rounds of games. How do we approach those? What what are the expectations and what should we do, do you think?
2: I just had a realization that had this tournament taken place when it was supposed to, which is in the summer, and if we got the same results, we'd have been in part two and we would have had an infinitely easier group than we have right now which is frankly the group of death so we have to play korea twice back to back and then we have to play china away in beijing and singapore at home i mean Ishii made the comment which I thought was crazy at the time when he said our main target is not to win this tournament it's to qualify for 2026. Now, I don't think we will qualify for 2026. I don't think it's possible because there's a little bit of a generation gap in gen- in top talents between the age of 30 and 25. So between Chenatip and Superchoke, there's a little bit of a gap. But Superchoke and younger, we have a lot of kids coming through who are really, really good, you know, sort of my age, age group. So that's good. But I, I don't think 2026 World Cup is an achievable target. That being said, making it out of this group will be a fantastic confidence Boost for us. It's too complicated for me to figure out if it's better for our ranking to actually qualify for the next sort of World Cup qualifying or to go out and go to the Asian Cup qualifying route, which is easier opponents. I don't know what is better for our ranking, but I think qualifying for that last round is imperative to show that we're developing and then have the experience of playing teams like Uzbekistan and Korea, Japan, Jordan, every single international break. So we should qualify for that with the same team, same template. Don't change a thing. Ishii's already worked out this template, so he's got to use it again. Try to get a point against Korea and then try to win by two goals in Beijing. Difficult, but not impossible. I think the second one is easier than the first, but one of those two has to occur for us, for us to go through. That's what our, our task is as Thailand. That's our year.
0: We've got to remain optimistic, haven't we? You yeah, know, there are signs and as, as we've said in the course of this conversation, you know, players going abroad, younger players wanting to test themselves, wanting to improve, wanting to learn. It's all pointing to a, a bright future, I think. Even if we don't qualify for the, the next round of World Cup matches, let's, let's just hope we give the fans something to cheer, give us something to enjoy over the next few rounds and maybe snatch something against the Koreans I've seen it before, I was there at that Asian Games night in 98, still one of the greatest nights I've ever experienced at a football match, so something like that would be very nice to repeat, so yeah there are reasons for optimism, I think 7 out of 10 is a good platform. Let's keep our fingers crossed that the rest of the year lives up to our expectations. And this has given us something to build on.
2: Yeah, hopefully. And you know what? It's better to be motivated than optimistic.
0: Without a doubt. Anyway, thanks, Jan. And thanks for all your reports throughout the tournament as well. They've proved really popular and I enjoyed listening to them. And I've obviously read all your comments on social media as well. So thank you for that. Much appreciated. And we'll speak soon.
1: Yeah, talk to you soon. Thanks, Dale yeah great stuff Jan I fear nothing will ever change in our lifetime and not through anyone's fault it's just through Thai culture it doesn't mean whether it's wrong or right they're not going to give up their own power and it'll always be the same we can forget it uh, the players going elsewhere I'd, I'd love that but who's going to sign them if the very best can't get in the team so who's going to sign the rest
0: so the club link-ups could provide that bridge couldn't they players going out on loan that could be part of the deal and obviously bringing Japanese and Korean players over here I guess that's <laughs> (laughs) How they want it to work it's a tough one isn't it because obviously as a fan of a club side you don't want to be losing your best players but for the interests of the national team which is what we were focusing on during that interview it would be nice to see you know as a chombaree fan i wouldn't want to lose our best players overseas or anywhere for that matter but for the good of the national team it makes perfect sense it
1: does, but will it have any long-term results? I'll be honest, I know I sound very pessimistic about it. We're better off just getting on with it and cheering for our club sides.
0: I think we'll, we'll come back to this in episode 333 of a Thai football podcast <laughs> and see if we're any, any further down the line, see how things have nah, changed. no chance.
1: I'm Lily and I've been listening to a Thai football podcast.
0: Coming up next, we've got Rick Yap. Now, Rick is a Singaporean, lives and works in Singapore, but he follows Thai football. So I thought it'd be nice to catch up with him, have a little chat, how he got interested in Thai football, who he supports, what his thoughts are of the Thai league and how it compares to his local S league. So this is me and Rick talking the other day. Hello, Rick, and welcome along to a Thai football podcast. How are you? I'm good, Dale. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Looking forward to T1 starting up again next weekend, so I'm excited about that. But I've been enjoying the AFC Asian Cup and obviously the lower league games here in Thailand.
3: I see. Yes, I'm looking forward to the restart of the Thai
0: league as well. And you're a Mung Tong United fan, is that right? That's right. So we've got you on this week, basically because you're Singaporean, but you... Closely follow the Thai league. So how did you first get interested in following Thai football and why?
3: There used to be quite a number of Thai players who played in the Singapore league. Plus the fact that uh, my wife is Thai. So I decided to watch a little bit of Thai football and uh, I just found it to be very interesting. And to play good football. I just continued watching Thai league every week and my interest just uh, grew from there. As to why I choose Meng Tong, there's no particular reason. Out of all the teams, uh, I just decided to choose Meng Tong as the team that I wanted to wanted to, to uh, support.
0: So which which Thai players do you remember playing in the Singapore League?
3: Uh, I used to watch the current uh, Bangkok United coach, Dr. Wan Sripan, and Suti as well, Suti Susomkit. Yeah, and there was Sura Chai as well.
0: Yeah, I remember that era very well. At the time, the the Thai League wasn't the great locomotive that we see now. Uh, It was very much a poor relation, wasn't it? Singapore League and the V League in Vietnam, they were kind of leading the way. And these were leagues we always looked to quite enviously. And as you say, a lot of the Thai talent used to go over there. When did this start to change? When do you think the whole thing kind of turned on its head and Thailand became a much more exciting proposition for local players and overseas players? I
3: think the boom in the Thai League began from year 2009 and it was all due to all the the rich and famous people who started dumping money into the league and uh, building the clubs up. So I think that is where it started to became a really professional and uh, exciting league.
0: So how is the Thai League viewed from Singapore now? Are you quite unique? Are you the only one who's interested in following it or does it have quite a lot of interest from the locals there?
3: The more Singaporean fans watching the Thai League right now because we have some Singaporean players who are playing in the Thai League, BG Patum in particular. I've seen uh, Singaporeans wearing Thai League teams jerseys when I'm out there, so I think it's gaining some traction in uh, Singapore.
0: That's really good to hear. Well, it's good for the Thai League, probably not so good for the Singapore League because it's quite (laughs) difficult for, for them to compete, isn't it?
3: Yeah, that's true. Uh, Singapore League has been on the downside for the past few years. I guess we really need financial support. The current team would be the Lion City Sailors where we've seen the owner dump in quite a huge amount of money and is beginning to gain more interest from the fans out there. So I hope it will just continue for, there for the Singapore League.
0: It's difficult, isn't it, for Singapore being such a small place to kind of yes. maintain a 10-team league, really. Could you see a, a time in the future when the Singaporean clubs maybe apply to join the Thai League, for example? I mean, it has been talked about before. I vaguely remember this discussion Coming up, I mean, is is that something that you'd like to see? Is it something that you think would be possible?
3: I would like to see that, but I don't think it's possible because there will be too much teams in uh in the league. But we do see BG Batum uh going into some sort of a cooperation with Tampines Rovers, which is a Singapore league team. So who knows?
0: Maybe we. <laughs> Something will be there in the future. How do you manage to follow the Thai Games? Do you, do you get to see them on the internet or are you able to subscribe to the TV channels? How does it work in Singapore as regards watching?
3: Uh, yeah, most of the matches I've seen, I watch it from the internet.
0: Are they quite easy to access?
3: They are actually, uh,
0: we do get them on YouTube. That's good to hear. So what do you think about the situation so far? I mean, obviously, we alluded to it at the start of the chat. We've just coming off the, the long break for the AFC Asian Cup. So what have you been your thoughts of the T1 season so far?
3: It's been a great season better than the previous seasons where Buriram United ran away with the league. It's a lot tighter this season. Bangkok United is leading the way, but we've seen BG Patum getting some new players into the team uh, as well as Buriram United. So I guess the second league of the season will be a lot more interesting.
0: It's shaping up that way, isn't it? I agree with you. I think it's going to be one of the best title races we've had for a long time. Um, Would you care to make a prediction? Who do you think is going to come out on top at the end of it?
3: Oh, I don't know, but uh I think BG Patum might be a different team in the second league. And uh, we have to see if Bangkok United have the stamina to go all the way from now. And Buriram United, I mean, you can never write these guys off, right?
0: They seem to be getting stronger, don't they? And the murmurs of Papas getting the boot seem to be uh, disappearing quite rapidly. Hey, they've made quite a few signings in the window, so we'll see how they all gel for the second leg of the season. And what about your own team? What What are your expectations for Mung Tong for the second leg?
3: Well, a top-four finish would be great, but I don't think that's going to happen, So I guess the target for the rest of the season is to just continue to stay in T1, develop the players and uh, we'll see how it goes from there because I think right now most of the Muntong fans, we we, we are not hoping for the league title or anything like that. Maybe a league cup or FA Cup is nice, but that's pretty much about it.
0: What do you think they need to do to restore their former glories? Oh, I guess
3: they need to get a really good sponsor uh, because we have seen how things went downhill when uh, SCG left as a main sponsor for the club. So money is a big thing in football these days. And of course, we have the Tong Academy to back us up. But ultimately, I think a huge sponsorship is still uh, very vital for the teams at a title race.
0: Yeah, I think you've hit on a good point there. It, it can't be underestimated, can it? The fact that you need a good sponsor, someone who's willing to pump the money in. Because ticket sales alone and even merchandise sales for, for many, many clubs just aren't enough for them to be able to compete. Do you manage to get over for many games in Thailand? Uh, yes, I did. But well, it was a long time ago. Uh, my last Mung Tong match was probably
3: in the uh, year 2015. But uh, I'm trying to go for a game maybe
0: in uh, March or April. Oh, that would be great if you could get across. I mean, we've talked about Thai League fans in Singapore. Are there any other Mung Tong fans near you? Uh, not that I know of,
3: uh, although I have do seen some people wearing Mung Tong shirts on the streets. But I'm not sure...
0: How much interest do they have in the Thai league? Or if they just like the shirt. Probably. Well, hopefully if they hear this interview, they, they might come and approach you and you could arrange something. Maybe get-togethers to watch matches or something. That'd be quite nice. Yeah, that would be nice. Anyway, it's been great to talk to you, Rick, and it's so nice to hear that you know fans in other countries follow the Thai League. Do you get to many S League games as well? Do you, do you follow the local league?
3: Yes, uh, I do follow the local league and it's free to view on YouTube.
0: Ah, oh, that's good. Maybe we'll get you on again in the future and we can chat about Singaporean football as well. Because I am, sure. I am interested, and obviously there are, there are, there are a lot of connections between there and and Thailand. So thanks so much for that, Rick. Really appreciate it. Good luck to Mung Tong for the rest of the season and hopefully you can get over and watch a match you two.
3: Yes, thanks a lot, Dale. Uh, thanks for having me on, on the Thai Football Podcast. All the best to you and uh, to Trombury for the second league of the season.
0: So thanks very much, Rick. Really appreciate that. Take care, mate, and hopefully see you in Thailand soon. Okay, Dale. Thanks a lot. See you soon. Take care.
1: Yeah, thanks, Rick, and it's great to have another
0: listener contribute. It's good, isn't it, to have foreign fans interested in our local league? I mean, sometimes we forget how appealing it is. Sometimes we focus too much on the negatives, but it's certainly doing something right if it's attracting fans from overseas, which is a, a great thing, I think. Like me and you? Absolutely. I mean, I suppose the, the main difference is that Rick hasn't lived in Thailand. I mean, his, his wife's Thai, so there is a big connection there, but I think it's great and it's lovely to hear you know and the fact he's very knowledgeable on the subject as well and it'd be lovely if he can make it across in march or april it wouldn't it's great
1: that he can get the coverage over there isn't it it was,
0: it was a bit sheepish though wasn't it i don't know if it's is it legal <laughs> the way he's watching it i wasn't sure i didn't want to press him on it just in case <laughs> okay moving on it's our t3 roundup for this week and we've got a very special report now from you, Rob. I loved listening to this. This this was proper soccer Saturday five live stuff. This where you were reporting on two games from the comfort of your hammock. How how did you manage to watch both? Have you got two TV screens up there? I had the TV screen with the Cisaket game, a mobile
1: device watching the Syrin City, and me Amazon Fire. I was watching the
0: Test match. That's a fantastic setup. Probably better than most television companies, I would think, in Thailand.
1: The only. The problem is, every time I had to file a report to you, I had to break off the syringe
0: game. I was praying that I didn't miss a goal. All right, so it could not be 100% accurate then. You might have missed something. <laughs> anyway, this is you, Rob, with your double report from the weekend's T3 North East fixtures. Listen and enjoy. Rob's reclining report.
1: Yes, Dale, good afternoon. And a roving report from the reclining position. Uh, no game's in my vicinity this afternoon. So instead I'm turning my attention to the battle for the title in T3 North East. Some very interesting results midweek. Sisekett United beat third place Surin City 2-1 in a, a very tense encounter. Meanwhile Maris Arakam drew 0-0 away to Ubon. So that leaves Sisaket four points clear at the top, but Mara have got a game in hand. Second place side Mara today head to Surin City are in third place, uh, I'll be keeping an eye on that encounter, but my main feature will be the game which sees Udon United at home to Sisaket United. The teams are out, they're just standing to attention for the King's Anthem, so we'll update as we go. <laughs> Around 25 minutes gone in both games, both 0-0 at the moment. The Udon uh, against Isaket game played on a pitch. Well, I'm not saying it's dusty, but I expected the captain who won the toss to uh, ask his opponents to bat first. There's little wonder quality is poor at times in T3. I do wish some clubs, in, instead of spending money on overseas players, would get together whoever has the ground and pay for a decent pitch and then we can see players properly develop. Uh, CeCe kept playing today without their star player Panagatsi, who sat on the bench. He was injured midweek and went off early for the second game in succession. It's a bold move, but if he's not right, he's not right, as they say. Uh, in the other game, a uh, fine move from Surin on a pitch not dissimilar, uh, thwarted by the Marasaricam keeper. Uh, that's about the only action in both games so far. In mitigation to the players as well as the pitch, it's hot. I am hot sat in front of a fan. So those guys running around in the Isan heat, full credit to them. Nil-nil in both games halfway through the first half. A big moment in Sir 40th minute. And Mara go one up. Been nothing in it uh, between the sides. Couple of chances at either end. Nothing too much to write home about. Then a fine move, a low cross converted. one nil to the visitors. So half-time in both games in uh, T3 Northeastern. Scores on the board so far. Surin City, nil, Marisaric SBT 1. And a fluent move uh, put the visitors ahead after 40 minutes. Meanwhile, um, in the north of the region, up at Oudon, Tarny, nil. nil A game lacking in quality cohesion on a shocking playing surface. No chances for either side in that game. We'll see how the second half pans out. Well, well, well. Goal in serene, the hosts have equalised. Five minutes into the second half, a cross uh, from a set-piece came over, very deep to the back post, the ball put back in, it bumbled about, it looked as though the guy who scored the goal had a clearance cannon against him and it looped over the keeper. Not that he'll care, not that Caesar fans will care, and certainly not Serene City fans will care. 1 1! Still nil nil in the other game in Udon, which is about five minutes ahead. Well, Dale, there's plenty of going on on the device that I'm using to send in my reports that I have to keep breaking away from. As come have retaken the lead in Sirin? 2 1 15 minutes into the second half there. Laying down the gauntlet to league leader Sisaket, who are still nil-nil at Udon, with neither side really looking like creating a clear-cut chance. Dale, another twist in the promotion battle from C3 North East. It's 2-2 now in Surrey. A corner came in, there was a lot of scrambling in the box before it was slammed on. About ten or fifteen minutes left in that game. It must be hotter down in, in the south than up in Oudon because the teams have had drinks breaks in both halves. So 2-2 in Surin at the moment, still nil-nil between Oudon and Seasicket United. What a game in Surin! Marasarakam have gone back in the lead. I don't believe it. They really are a good side, they're big and strong and physical and they've got something about them. Well, could that be a massive factor in who uh, finishes topping this league? We're in the 93rd minute in Oudon and neither side have really looked like scoring, not through lack of effort. It's just not happened for either side. Pitch not doing them any favours. So, as we stand, it's Oudon 0-0, United 0, but Seren City 2, Marisara come 3. <laughs> Full time at the top of uh, the northeastern section of T three, and the scores are in: classified check Uden United nil, Cisaket United nil, Surin so City two, Marasara SBT three. Yeah, and the result of that is that if Marasara win the game in hand, they go top of the league. And they deserve it. What a fantastic performance. They were pegged back twice at Sirene, Went on to win the game. Home on for grim death right through to the six minutes of stoppage time. The other game, well, it just wasn't going to happen for either side. As I say, not through lack of trying. I don't know what they do to that pitch during the week, but they need to stop doing it. Awful. So, Wednesday afternoon, there's another round of games in the division see where we are after that next week Cesar Kitts sit out so Marisara can play the game in hand. So that's all for this week. Cesar Kitts still top of the table but as I say they can be overtaken.
0: That was brilliant. Really enjoyed that. Spot on. And you got you to do your uh, classified football results voice again. Nice to see that making a reappearance.
1: Well, I do do request, Dale.
0: Oh, you might regret saying that.
1: Just on, on that link, on the same sort of connection, there's football tomorrow in, in T3, Wednesday afternoon. Now, there's not been any football in Cicacet last weekend. There's two clubs bearing in mind, and there's nothing here next weekend. Tomorrow afternoon, both sides are at home. It's little things like that, though, that, you know, that could improve on. Just a bit of common sense. There's quite a lot of people go to watch both Cat and Rai Cicelai. I know myself and my mate were going to go up the first half of the first game and then watch the full game at Cat.
0: Yeah, like you say, it's it's just a little bit of thought, isn't it? You'd think it'd be quite an easy thing to sort out, wouldn't you?
1: You would. Not to worry. I mean, not in the grand scheme of things, it's not important. But if you're trying to promote a league properly, they're the things you've got to get right.
0: Mind you, now you're adept at watching two games at once you could probably do that, couldn't you? Watch them both.
1: I suppose I could go up to see Saket Tower, which is equidistant.
0: What's the view like from up there?
1: You can see into the new stadium where I see Salai similar to the away end at West Ham.
2: Hi, I'm Sabina. I'm listening to a Thai football
3: podcast.
0: Now we've got some more T3 coverage here. We've got Clinton, who watches a lot of games in the Bangkok region. I caught up with him a couple of days ago and we talked about some recent matches he's been to. Plus, he gives us a nice rundown as the league comes into its final few weeks. So here's me and Clinton talking about T3 Bangkok. Hello, Clinton. It's good to have you back on the programme again. It's been a while. Hello again, Dale. Yes, I'm still watching my Thai football. Anyway, you've come on predominantly today to talk about T3 and the Bangkok region because you've been to a few games recently so can you just bring us up to speed which matches have you watched in the last couple of weeks so last week on the 27th of January I popped over to Chulalongkorn
4: University for Cham United versus Inter Bangkok, 50 baht for a ticket, uh, very easy to to get to, and Central, uh, about 150 to 250 in attendance there. It was a nil-nil. My streak of no nil-nil games was broken. I think I was up to about 13 or 14. Not the worst nil-nil you'll ever see, but neither team, they just couldn't score, especially the home team. They hit the bar. They had some cracking saves from the Inter keeper, uh, missed open goals. It had it all. And then that followed into this weekend, uh, just gone, when I went back for some more, Chamchuri United uh, <laughs> versus Icon RSU uh, under the stewardship of Rangsit University, I believe. So Chamchuri United are a mid-table team. Icon are second from the bottom. They'd just come off a loss against bottom Nonthaburi. They were on a four-game losing streak and up against a uh, mid-table Chamchuri. So I, w- I went along and it finished 1-0 to the away side, uh, Icon RSU. So that snapped their four-game losing streak. They now sit three points above uh, non Nantabuti on on the table, three three points above the relegation zone. Uh, Again, this game, uh, Icon, they didn't have much of the chances. Again, the home team uh, butchered many of their chances, open goals, missed, uh, one-on-ones missed, it it had it all. So again, the home fans walked away frustrated with their team's inability to score. Really important win for Icon RSU, that one. So that was the Saturday, just gone. And then on the Sunday, I really wanted to go to Gus in, uh bandit university to see them take on bangkok fc but um i didn't for various reasons and i ended up in non uh, to watch non united bottom of the table versus uh samut prakan fc third from bottom again not a, a great match in prospect but um it actually turned out to be uh, a better affair than i thought for a bottom of the table encounter um, and i just love these sort of grounds because there's no reason for uh, many people to go to these places other than the football and you just you know you know, you see um, places in Thailand that you wouldn't ordinarily go to. Um, it's just great. Um, and you have uh, all sorts of experiences. Entry was free. A fan, a local fan told me that was because the team had been so bad. There was an announcement made that um, they were going to open up the gates um, because the, the team had only won one game. In the season up until this point, uh, the game finished three-one to the home team, Nantes Paris. So they've actually won two on the trot now. They've they're undefeated in five. Um, so they're staging a late little comeback to hang on in T three. And interestingly, Somal Purakan FC had a young Australian lad, uh, Nicholas Boyd, playing for them on the wing, which was a, another sort of Thai League random gem find. So he 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 did okay, but Somal Purakan FC uh, as a whole struggled. And Nantwich United have an eye on them to keep up their their streak
0: and maybe hang on and stay on in T three. It's certainly looking very tight down at the bottom there. Like you say, Tabri are on a good run and they needed to be because they were they were quite isolated, weren't they, for a for a time, but now they're only three points away from safety. Do you think they'll manage to pull it off and escape relegation? I I could run through the T3
4: Bangkok area table, if you like, and just give a bit of state of play. So there's 14 clubs in T3 Bangkok, 26 games each. So each club has played 22 games, there's four games left. Uh, Bangkok FC sits at the top undefeated. They won 11 games uh, in a row earlier in the season, Uh, but they're five points clear of Also perennial top two finishes uh, North Bangkok so the five points clear so really the battle is only on per second at the top and only the top two of course go through to the playoffs and there's only six teams left that can mathematically qualify for first and second and that's uh, Bangkok FC North Bangkok Samut Sakhon, Tombury United Gassian Bandit University and Prime Bangkok then there's quite a gap to seventh and the last game of the season is actually Bangkok FC versus North Bangkok so potentially first versus second for a nice way to end the season. Down the table that's where gets interesting relegation uh so non are currently last and they have not lost in five games they're on 13 points second last is icon rsu on 16 points and then we have three teams in 10th 11th and 12th on 17 points that's vrn wangnon inter bangkok and samut Prakan fc out of the last 15 games those teams have had combined uh, only Samukla Khan FC has won one of those games so they're all on a bit of a shocking run and that's why I'm I'm saying that perhaps Non Nantaburi is in with a shot to stay up even though they are four points behind those teams on 17 points um, so realistically any of the last five could go down and out of the teams I've seen Inter Bangkok have been average but I don't think they'll go down and I think it will be probably down to Samukla Khan FC or Icon that goes down I think Nantaburi
0: might sneak in and hold on i was looking at bangkok fc's facebook page the other day and they seem to be a very ambitious club they they've got a nice little media set up there the chairman seems to be heavily involved with the the fan base and obviously they're top of the league they're five points clear and looking certainties to get into those playoffs do you think they've got the wherewithal, and do you think they've got the structure in order to be successful? Yes, uh, I had a look at the last few seasons as well, and they've made a couple of the the playoff
4: stages, but have had pretty disappointing results. I think it might be different this year, and their signings this year—they've come in with that approach to be a bit of a cut above. Um, I saw also they signed a, one of these, you know, club partnership deals with Vegalta Sendai in the Japanese second division. So obviously, as Um, you said, Dale, there's all sorts of things happening behind the scenes to get them to be a well-run club that could potentially go up to T2. I'm not sure how big their attendances are Yes, I haven't actually watched them in person this season, but I definitely want to watch them once before the playoffs and then in, in the playoffs. You can't argue with their their record undefeated this season, but how they stack up against the rest of the T3
0: teams across the country, perhaps Rob would have some insights as well. Now, I've got to ask, Clinton, it'd be remiss of me not to, what is the appeal for you of going to these T3 grounds and to see these T3 teams? Like you say, you've seen a couple of stinkers recently You know, there's a couple of hundred people in attendance. Um, obviously, you need to dig out the information. So what is it about going to T3 Bangkok Zone League games that appeals to you? Uh, can I just say in terms of finding the stadiums, um, if you go to the Thai League
4: website, it actually has a link to the actual Google map point of each stadium for each team. And also during the game, you can go to the fixtures list and click on the English team sheet list and you get a, a, a list of the players and all the match info in English. I've gone to more teams. Simply because th- there hasn't been any other T1 football on. Also, I just love exploring new parts of Bangkok, and you know, my, my in a professional capacity, I'm a, I'm an urban city planner, so I, I like he- heading out to different parts of the city and seeing how to get out there and how different neighborhoods are and how these clubs connect with their communities. Um, I've also taken people to games. I, I took someone to Chula and uh, an Australian friend of mine. We popped along to a couple of T3 games um, over the last few months as well. And they just love it. It's it's a different side of, of football and, and Thailand that they just wouldn't get anywhere else. You know, have an open mind. You're not going to see technically the best football, but you're going to go and, number one, of course, get to know the, the the Thai league and the players and all that sort of stuff. But you also get to see a different part of Bangkok or Thailand through football. And it's just it's just a really interesting experience and and day out and you never quite know what's going to happen or where you're going to end up
0: um, and what about the standard of the, the grounds the stadium highly variable uh the
4: best one i've been to is gus M. bundet university that that's a really good uh, boutique little stadium it's in a very green sitting on the campus there so it almost feels like playing in, in a garden there's a mixture of other stadiums you know your, your normal athletics tracks venues it's It's variable. Um, I wish there were more um, compact stadiums, but um, I think as you've discussed on the show before, uh, most of these facilities play a wider role in the community and the the football team is not the most important So, And the pitch quality, of course, can be variable. And getting to these places as well can also be a a variable experience in Bangkok. It just adds to the fun, I guess. It does. Yes. And getting there is Part of the fun and working out how to get to some of these grounds. Certainly when I've gone with some friends before we've, you know, had to cab it because uh, you are doing these these equations about bus times and if you're not able to get there via MIT or BTS. So that's that's half the fun as well, working out how to get to these places.
0: That's been brilliant. Thank you so much, Clinton. Really appreciate that. And carry on and join T3. Thanks, Dale.
4: And if Bangkok FC does end up playing Sissakit in the playoffs, we'll have to get uh, Rob and I together to, to have a chat if Rob's up for it. And I don't know if Rob has plans to go around the country for the playoffs, but
0: uh, we can see what happens. Rob's always up for a chat, Clinton. So you, you don't need to worry about that. <laughs> Excellent. That's thanks a lot,
1: Dale. And uh, thanks for the podcast and all
0: you do. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you.
1: Well, first of all, what a fantastic roundup that is of the uh, Bangkok League. And secondly, man after my own heart, I couldn't agree more, Clinton. Getting out there, I thought it was me talking about trying to work journeys out, seeing new experiences. And it is all about the experiences, Clinton quite rightly said. You're not always going to see a classic, really, in fact, but you can still have an absolute quality day out.
0: And he really seems to be enjoying it, doesn't he?
1: Oh, massively. Massively. It was great to hear his enthusiasm. Very much like my. Or we had on uh, the show a while ago.
0: And at the top, Bangkok FC, as, again, as I said during our chat, you know, they do seem to be moving in the right direction. I've been very impressed with what I've seen on and off the field at that club.
1: Good club. They're the best side I've seen at Seasicket all year when they won here in the FA Cup.
0: So we'll, we'll keep our eye on them and we might be seeing them in T2 next season. I think they'll be an addition. They'll certainly draw the crowds. So that's about it for this week. Just a quick reminder that T1. Starts up again on Friday night. Whoever you support, wherever you're going, get out there. Have a great weekend watching Thai football.
1: Yeah, have fun wherever you go, folks, and stay safe.